0: Hey everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, it's Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James?
1: It's going pretty good. How are you? Good. How was your fourth? Uh, it was pretty nice. A uh, ton of fireworks going on around here. So, yeah, we had a good view of just everything around us. So, yeah, some pretty good. Uh, pretty good lights to watch.
0: Nice. Yeah. Since we uh, had the baby, we went out to my wife's brother's house out in the country thinking it would be you know quieter so he could sleep. No, <laughs> it was just as bad as being in the city.
1: Oh, yeah, I bet they were doing some pretty good ones out there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right, man, you want to start this off and uh, go over some trades you had on or got into last week?
1: Yeah, so typically I don't have very many closing trades if it's not the uh, week of the monthly expiration for options. But I did get out of a few directional trades I made with shares. Um, So space had blasted off. I think a couple Fridays ago, almost 48% because they got the FAA approval um, to take customers to space. So they had this massive run-up, and then I think the following Monday or Tuesday or something pretty much started to get back all the gains, and they started to sell off pretty good. And I saw them just above 50, and I was like, you know what? After that crazy run-up, I think they're going down. You had mentioned that they... Uh, a lot of people had covered their short positions as well. So things kind of flipped and they blasted off. And I was like, they're probably coming back to earth because they also have earnings coming up, I think early August and they're going to, they're going to be bad. Like they always are because they're still not a company that's doing anything. (laughs) They're still not really flying anybody. I know people have a lot of reservations to go, but you know, none of that's really happening yet. So I'm like, eh, I'll dump them. I was up like 200% when I dumped them, and now they've sold off quite a bit more again. They had a little spike after they announced they're going to take uh, Branson on July 11th. They had a little surge after hours, and then it sold right back off. So, yeah, I have a feeling they are going to die off again, and earnings might you know, lead to more selling, and I might get back in if they die off quite a bit and the price is looking a little better to me. Um, But that was a 200% gain. So that was a great gain. And then also Fisker, I was looking at them and I was looking at the markets in general and I'm like, man, things have been rallying quite a bit. NQ is on an insane run. Um, ES, so the S&P 500 futures are almost into the overbought range on the daily and Dow is getting up there too. And I'm just like, man, things have been on a run for a while. And I'm up 100% right now on Fisker. So I'm going to dump them. And after I did, I think they had another 3% sell off or something I want to say on Friday. Yeah, almost 3% dump on Friday. So now they're under 18. And I got rid of them, I think when they were at 20. So that was 100% gain on those shares. I'm just going to wait around and see kind of what happens and i might go long on fisker again if the price looks a little better to me i know last time i luckily i was able to get in under ten dollars a share which was freaking awesome so i bought them for like 9.90 and then they blasted off above 20 so um yeah if that price comes down too in the near future i might go long again and try another swing trade um so, those were a couple closing positions. Um, I had several opening positions as well. Let me see what I got into here. XLU for August monthlies, I sold a two wide put spread. Um, also, XLV sold a two wide call spread. That's also for August 20th. So, the August monthlies, uh, XOP. A call spread there for August, a two-wide XRT, also a two-wide call spread. KWEB, that's that China Internet ETF that I played, I think, for July, and it's looking great. looks like I'm going to go max profit, so I played that again for August. And then GDXJ, I think that's like a gold mining ETF or something. I sold a call spread there. Um, XLC. A call spread there, two wide for August. And then I sold an iron condor on EWT. I just wasn't getting enough credit doing just a put spread. So I just ended up doing like a four wide iron condor. And I grabbed two forty-nine in credit. So they don't move a ton. So I'm just going to take my chances on that one. And hopefully they don't move more than $2.49 by August. Nice, yeah. It's
0: nice you're able to make such massive gains on a uh, and Fisker in space.
1: Yeah, I, I mean the the space one was a good one for me, um for sure. I want to say space and NQ; those are my biggest gainers for the year. And I want to say I'll have to check it again, but I want to say I'm up like over fifty percent for the year. So yeah, NQ and space have uh, sent my account to the moon. Nice. (laughs) All
0: right, yeah, I had a good week. I only had uh, three trades that closed out, but I went max profit on all of them. And one was uh, NET. I had a call spread on them just because I was looking at the chart, and they just looked super overextended, like they were chilling at, like, three ATR for the longest time. And I was like, okay, how long can they sustain this? So sold, I believe it was the 30 Delta Uh, call spread on them that expired on Friday, uh, went max profit. I also had CTSH, which is a play I had, I believe I've had that on for two weeks now, uh, that expired out of the money. So I went max profit on that as well. And then BBBY, which is one that I was a little worried about. I didn't realize they had, uh, earnings coming up so soon. Uh, I went max profit on that as well. I had a put spread on them and, um, pre-earnings, they had a massive run-up. I want to say, God, I want to say they were up like 20% or something like that, maybe even more wow. uh, going into earnings and then just sold off pretty hard, like after. So, you know, it's all that pre-anticipatory run-up that, you know, a lot of stocks do around earnings. Um, and I got into just one new trade last week, and that's uh, iRobot, IRBT. I sold a uh, call spread on them so and that's looking good right now i believe i'm up um where's my percentages yeah, i want to say i'm up like almost 50 percent on that already
1: so it's
0: looking good so that's, far
1: nice i was looking at the bbby and yeah it was on June 30th, they went from like 30 to almost 40 in one day and then they got stomped. And it's like, yeah, I probably would have been, I would have did the same. It's like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Right on. Sounds like we both had a really good weeks then. Yep.
0: Um, And, you know, talking about Bed Bath & Beyond uh, brings us into the topic that I wanted to go over. That was kind of the pros and cons of trading around earnings. So um like you see if you're if you're buying options playing earnings can blow you up real <clears throat> sorry real quick because you know the IV is always jacked up so you're going to be paying a lot for them and then you know sometimes like bed bath and beyond they make a massive move that could make that option you know worthwhile But most of the time they don't. They do exactly what Bed Bath & Beyond did where they have these, you know, big spikes. And then you just paid a crap ton of premium for something that's, you know, more than likely going to end up out of the money.
1: Yeah, that's a good example of, uh, do you know, were there earnings on the first? Can't tell from this. Or it was before the day when they blasted off, I guess, on It looks like earnings. Oh no, the day that they went to the moon, that was earnings day, I guess, right? The 30th?
0: Yeah, they And, they had this and it wasn't even really good earnings. They just you know, said something and then I don't know if people were covering their shorts, but yeah, that candle is crazy.
1: Yeah, so that was Wednesday apparently. Do you know if that was a uh, post or it was a pre-market, right? They released earnings pre-market? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's a good example. Like you may, like you're saying, you may have paid a lot. Let's just say on June 29th or something, the day before, let's just say you think their earnings are going to be blowout. You're going to buy a call. You're going to pay a ton for that call. But if you would have been smart enough to get out when they were around almost 40, that would have been a great profitable trade. But you know, if you would have waited thinking they're going to go higher or something like that, and you held until the first or a second, your option probably would have been pretty worthless because they went from 30 up to almost 40. And then on Friday, they finished at like 31. So they made this crazy move and then they just kind of came back to earth. So I guess that's an example there of, you know, where you could make a pretty good profit on it. Um, I know a lot of times I've played earnings. Um, I know I bought options and it never worked out for me. I I haven't done it that much, to be honest. I usually like to sell because of that jacked up premium IV uh, percentage is really high. Sometimes the IV percentile is up there, too. But I, I can say I've never really made out with a profit when I bought options around earnings, but. I know several times I've played the big boys like Amazon, Google, Tesla, and every single time I've walked away with max profit when I've sold like a put spread or a call spread or an iron condor because people anticipate this massive move and like the stocks typically don't do it. I want to say a low percentage of the time they actually make a big move. So for me, I've definitely had way better luck like being neutral or staying away from the money around earnings. Cause like one time I was trading Tesla and I remember, I want to say this was before their last split that they did. And I can't remember if they were trading around like 1500 or 1700, somewhere in that range. But I remember I sold an iron condor. It was like a 10 wide, I think. And Tesla could move like $500 in either direction. It had like this massive range on it. And they com- they just traded completely flat the next day. So, like, the next day it was done, and, like, the options were worthless, and I'm pretty sure I closed it out for, like, a couple bucks. Nice. Yeah,
0: that's one of the – well, can be a pro to uh, trading around earnings is you get that jacked-up IV price because there's – you know, it doesn't matter what company it is anything, anything around earnings, it's going to have jacked up premiums. So if you're selling options, then you're going to get to collect more than you would, you know, on any other date. So, you know, you'll collect more premium, but there's a reason for it. It's, you know, it can be dangerous either way. Even if you're playing like a neutral strategy, yeah, you're collecting more money, but there is a higher chance that, you know, it does some, you know, a crazy move. Cause that's what, you know, the makers are anticipating is, you know, they either have good news, bad news, and people just freak out and react to it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like if I would have, like on Tesla in that example, if I would have played more of a normal range for Tesla, like gave it only 200 to move, you know, maybe $200 in either direction to move, I would have got a way more premium. And my max loss would have been a lot smaller. Now, in that scenario, I still would have made out because they went completely flat. But a lot of times, the stocks still make a decent move. They may not make the move that everybody's expecting, but, you know, sometimes they'll make a decent move. So, I think what I did on that, and I want to say I've done it on other stuff in the past, too, is instead of staying kind of closer to the money... I would just go further out and whatever, you know, the uh, probably like a 15 Delta or a 10 Delta, I want to say. I was probably playing them on on that time. But, you know, that I like to still keep the Delta the same. Um, Like if Tesla is not trading around earnings and volatility is kind of low, like a 15 Delta on Tesla might be 50 or 100 bucks away from the money. It might be super close. So kind of what I did is just kept the Delta the same, which pushed me way further from the money. So I was kind of still having my normal, uh, max loss, max profit kind of scenario, but I got to just stay much further away from the money. And, uh, I know one time like IBM had burned me. I was playing weeklies. I think this was the last time I was really playing like weekly options. Cause I haven't done that in a while, But um, I remember IBM did make a big sell off and did make a big move. I think I sold an iron condor on them and I stayed pretty far away from the money. I may have been like 15 delta on the shorts on the iron condor or something, but they had bad earnings and they bled through. But for me, it definitely seems like most of the time, a good 70, 75 percent of the time, um, you know, things didn't move enough to hurt me.
0: Yeah, I mean that's where the IV percentile comes in, or the percent if you're looking at the pull up. A I'm just going to do it on BBBY. So if you're like on ThinkOrSwim, I don't know what if Robinhood does it, but it'll tell you the anticipated move in percentage and dollars. Um, if if you open up the option chain, so like Bed Bath and Beyond right now, they have an anticipated move on going into Friday of two dollars and 45 cents so you know if you want to get that jacked up premium you can just look and see okay where's the highest percentage on this thing and it's always going to correspond to their their earnings date so like i don't honestly i don't even like trading around earnings because it's been so dangerous at least last year it was because everything was just making stupid moves regardless but you know with bed bath and beyond i just didn't Looked close enough and got into it and just, you know, kind of lucked out. But I think the uh, I want to say the premiums were even not even that jacked up because the Wall Street bet dudes were messing with them earlier this year. So, like right now, the IV percentile is only 12. uh, Yeah, 12.9 percent. So, you know, it's been jacked up from the Wall Street bet dudes. So I don't even know if I collected that much more in premium just to trade them around earnings.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Well, they had a few things going on in there. I saw one stupid candle on June 2nd where they went from like 27 to 45 (laughs) one day and then immediately died back off. And then earlier around, I guess, late January, they made some, well, I guess early January. Yeah, right after earnings, they made some move from like 18 to 54 So, yeah, definitely had some more volatile times for sure.
0: All right, man, did you have anything else on the topic you wanted to go over?
1: Um, No, just kind of wanted to give my experience on it and, you know, the kind of what's worked better for me. But, you know, if you're really good at guessing, you know, where things are going to move, you definitely can make much bigger profits, but I think that's in general, uh, you know, if you're an option buyer, um, and you're good at reading charts or picking direction, there's definitely way more money to be made, uh, buying options cause you know where it's going. Um, unfortunately for me, that's just not something I'm really that good at. So that's why I kind of do the neutral stuff, but my strategy is like around earnings to, you know, make a little less money, um, but just kind of have a higher probability of making out with profit on the trade. Yeah.
0: And if you, I would say if anyone, you know, just know that playing options is dangerous, but if you are going to buy something, buy something that's either out of the money and you're buying it because it's just a lottery ticket and you're like, well, it, you know, it's only 20 bucks or whatever, or you're going way deep in the money so that you're not paying, you know, absurd
1: amounts of uh, premium for no reason. Yeah, for sure. I'd be scared around earnings to buy like at the money or just out of the money call or something. Cause yeah, it's going to be crazy. The price is going to be nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's like when I do buy out of the money stuff, it's literally, I go into it. Like I did it on spy the other day. It was just to, you know, I thought, you know, okay, this is kind of overextended. I think, you know, we're going to have a pullback. So I went and bought the, it was just out of the money uh, put. And it was, I want to say like 12 or 20, it was less than 20 bucks, I believe. And I knew going into it that I was more than likely going to lose that money, but it was worth a shot because I had a bunch of uh, bullish plays on and it was kind of just a little hedge to see, you know, if everything sells off then all my bullish players are going to eat crap but hopefully the market sells off super hard and this spy put goes in the money yeah
1: for sure good idea to you know do a small risk on something like that um yeah because the markets just keep pumping like futures it's not they're not a big but everything's green again dow s&p and nasdaq so yeah, I'm just waiting for NASDAQ to cool off because they're on the daily already. They've been overbought for a while. And then S&P uh, 500 futures are, yep. Yeah, they, they just entered, I think, on Friday <laughs> into the overbought area on the daily. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, that's most of the stuff I'm seeing right now is overbought on the daily. So I don't like any of these prices right now to go long. Yeah, well, you were, we were talking about
0: that and we were saying the same thing during the uh, COVID rally. Like we were like, no, nope, this, no, it's not going to sustain. It's got to sell off. And I was doing the same thing uh, last week. I was, I wasn't even pulling up my scanners for any bullish plays. I was looking for bearish plays. because so I was like, okay, this, everything's way too extended. I'm just looking for bearish plays. Cause there's going to be a sell off coming soon. And it's like, well, I guess not. And so now I'm, opening up all my scanners bullish and bearish and finding trades that you know just make sense because i could have gotten into plenty of trades last week had i you know not pretended like i thought i knew where the market was going and you know just traded the charts and you know went from there
1: yep i would expected, you know at least in queue to kind of die off by now but it just keeps pumping so i'm just uh just waiting for, you know, the fed to come out and raise interest rates or something. And then (laughs) hopefully it dies like a thousand points. I got to see a better price than this before I'm going to go long.
0: Yeah, man, I'm looking at all the charts too. And I'm like, even the stuff I was just going over to, you know, for our, uh, trades, I'm looking at getting into to shout out. There's not very many things that I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) This is definitely going up. Like, The one that looks pretty good to me. Well, there's two bed, bath, and beyond because I've already been looking at the chart. And after they had that pullback after earnings, it's starting that price is starting to look a lot better. And then uh, MasterCard, which is MA. And the rest of the stuff, I'm like, God, these prices are way too high.
1: Yeah, definitely that what's worked out for me this year for sure is just getting the better price, like getting into Fisker below 10, getting into space below 17, and then, you know, going long on NQ, mainly on the futures, just waiting till there's a nice pullback. Um, And right now I'm long Dow futures and I bought in when they were at like, 33 130, I think so. It's up a good 1600 points since then. So I don't mind if things keep pumping just because I'm long Dow futures. But, um, yeah, probably when that hits an all time high, I'll dump it and then I'm gonna have to wait for you know something, whether it's NQ or Dow or SP futures to have a decent sell off and then I'll be looking to go long again.
0: Yeah, I just pulled up the uh, Dow futures because I don't look at them very often at all. I don't like the freaking Dow. I think it's a joke, but they just crossed above a nice, pretty long-term trend line. On what is this the second?
1: So they might keep pumping. Yeah, I'd definitely be okay with it. Um, I see on the R for the RSI on the daily they are just over sixty. So they definitely got some room to run, I think, as far as RSI is concerned. So, yeah, man, I would be happy if they kind of pumped up and hit 35000 or something or kept going. I'd be okay with it and then dump the contract and hang out until, you know, we get some kind of a pullback.
0: Yeah, it definitely just feels weird trading right now. I'm just being overly cautious with stuff because everything is just so freaking overextended. And it's, you know, like I I constantly tell myself, I just, you know, trade the chart, trade the chart. But then if you're looking at all these charts and everything's just like damn near parabolic, it's like, I don't know if I want to get in anything, go long on anything
1: right now. Yeah, I'm the same way, especially with the futures, because, or, you know, the indexes, because those just kind of go up over time. They have their little pullbacks, but they just kind of keep going up. Like NQ hit 13,000, and then it dumped, and then it hit 14,000, and then it dumped, and now it's about at 15,000, so those kind of always keep rising, so I definitely feel more comfortable on those, whereas a stock sometimes can just die off, like, I can't remember who it was, but some company I was looking at was trading over like a 100 bucks um, a share, and then... There was like 8,000 lawsuits or something hit them, and uh, that was it. They never made it back. So, I'm trying to think if it was buyer, maybe. Yeah, let me look them up. I haven't looked at them in a while. Yep, yep. they're at 15 bucks. So, let me look on the 20 year week. I believe that's who it was. Uh, no, maybe not. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, somebody over a hundred and then they just died and they never, they just never made it back. So on the stocks, I'm like, you know, a little more leery when they have a big sell off. Cause it's like, what if they don't recover, <laughs> but yeah. the indexes are just, you know, how they act
0: <laughs> Yeah, sooner or later, they're going to go hit an all time high.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, you just now, we're talking about that company that sold off super hard. So I pulled up my unusual volume uh, scanner and pull up the chart for ITRM. ITRM. Okay. They had a very interesting Friday. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> Intermountain or no, sorry. Interim Therapeutics. Yeah, what the heck, man. It's like a gap down, I don't know what you call it, some kind of doji. It's like the color is white on my chart, which I guess means just a straight-up neutral. Yeah, that's weird. The gap down to like 142 and then ran up to like 163 and at some point hit 135 and then just finished dead even. <laughs> this, this, this must be like one of those Wall Street bet or uh, one of
0: those type. Stocks, because look at that—the um Doji on
1: six twenty-four. Yeah, <laughs> that was... was even Or the market makers went down and like grabbed somebody's stop order at like one forty-five or something. Yeah, <laughs> and then it just came right back up. Like, yeah, that's that ticker's got some insane candles for sure. Might get into a trade on these
0: guys. You'll yeah. pump it on Wall Street bets, right? <laughs> Did you have any trades you uh, were looking to get into next week?
1: Yeah, you know, I've been kind of running out of tickers. I know I've blown through a few, and I think they just haven't had the volume or something was up with them on the first pass, so I didn't trade them. But I was kind of looking through what I've been playing, and it doesn't look like I have a play on for ARKG for August. I'll probably take a look at that one. And then I haven't put on a play trade for TLT for August. So I haven't looked much outside of that, but I know those two tickers I haven't got into for August. So for sure, I'll probably be taking a look there. I don't know if the volume or, uh, you know, credit that I'm going to get is going to be good enough, but I'll definitely take a look for this coming week. Nice.
0: Uh, Yeah, while you were talking, I zoomed out of the ITRM chart and I did trade them. Way at the beginning of the year, I did a quick day trade for uh, sixty bucks on them on that biggest ridiculous candle on uh, nine thirty. Oh yeah,
1: that's insane. <laughs> yeah, thank God I had my uh, my stop order in. Yeah, because then they went down to like forty five cents or something after that, and then geez, another insane run up. It's that unusual volume scanner. Yeah, for sure. This one definitely looks like it would fit that.
0: (laughs) All right. Did you have anything else you wanted to go over? Um, No, I think that was it. Okay. I just got a quick website news I'm going to put up. I've been using them a lot. I've got two new scanners that that I made that, um, I call them golden bull and golden bear, and it's got just a crap ton. I want to say like six or seven different parameters that something, an ETF or the stock has to have in order for it to hit this. And uh, ones like bullish uh, crossover on the MACD um, or bullish or bearish, whichever scanner it is on the MACD, um, there has to be, you know, bullish or bearish um momentum on the TTM histogram, uh, stacked EMAs. And I don't remember what else, what else I coded into that thing, but it's like, those are all the things that I look at when I'm looking at a stock, like either going long or short on it anyways. So I figured I'm just going to put it into one scanner. Um, it doesn't pick up a lot of things like it picked up two stocks on, uh, friday but it had also i screwed up because it looked like they hit the two that it picked up um for a bearish play were just uh, oversold at that point so i was like "Ah, i don't know i don't want to get into this and then it picked it up the same or the same two on uh the next day and they continued to sell off like five percent each so yeah, you know, would have been a good play on that, but yeah, I'm gonna add those to the website you know, as soon as we jump
1: off of here. Nice. Yeah, I guess keep an eye on uh, what they're grabbing and then kind of how those tickers react after that, and see how consistent it is. But it sounds like a pretty uh picky scanners.
0: Yeah, it only picks up a few things a day. So, like I have my <clears throat> sorry, have my other scanners that are you know, not as picky. And then I figured, screw it, like, when I, because when I'm opening up, up those scanners anyways, then I'm still looking at, you know, well, what's it looking like on the RSI? Uh, are they stacked DMAs? Are they, you know, what's the MACD look like? So now I just pull up the scanner and I'm like, okay, I know for sure that this is meeting all of the criteria I want in the stock.
1: Yeah, for sure. I guess it'd be better to have more indicators lining up and kind of less alerts or less hits than, you know, something that's going to grab way more stuff. But, you know, maybe not meet all your criteria. Yeah, it just makes, you know, going through
0: stocks a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. All right, man, that's all I had. Sounds good. All right, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you later, James.
1: All right. Catch you later. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also, please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.